Unconventional Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 6. You're listening to the Unconventional Weight Loss Podcast with your host, Suze Crort. In this episode, I spoke to Katie from Holistic Endurance. Katie is an endurance athlete and coach, but got really sick with adrenal fatigue. Katie told me how she found out she was suffering from adrenal fatigue and how she healed. Here's Katie. So firstly, can you tell us a bit about you and what you do? Yeah, great. I am a triathlon coach specific to female athletes. I do work with males as well, but majority of my client base are females because I'm super passionate about hormones mixed with endurance. So I know that you had adrenal fatigue. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, that wasn't fun. And it took a long time to recognize. It took a long time to recover. I'm sure I will continue to recover. It's not something that I feel I've 100% recovered from. I've certainly got to be meticulous about ongoing self-care. And in terms of what happened, I do feel like it was a cumulative effect from probably being a teenager and through university, working multiple jobs and eventually working full-time while studying full-time, just being a typical A-type personality that wanted to do everything and take on the world at a really young age. I got into endurance during that time as well, so add in lots of training and after university became a personal trainer running my own business, personal trainers get up at five or start at five, finish at nine. It wasn't good. And at the time, sure, I got away with it and I was partying as well as most 21-year-olds do. I didn't feel great, but I didn't feel horrible. So you get away with it and you just keep doing it because apparently that's just how you live as a 20-year-old. However, it, it did come and bite me probably 2014, so I was 27, and I was having panic symptoms or anxiety symptoms on a daily basis and they were interrupting my ability to work and function as a business owner and I ended up having to take about four or five months off working completely so it got to a a really bad point. How else did it manifest itself? Were you having difficulty sleeping and things like that as well? Yeah interestingly enough I've always been a really good sleeper so none of the insomnia symptoms which is perhaps why it wasn't picked up early on I was more the opposite so I could sleep all night and have two to three naps a day had some awful experiences where I would sleep through clients when I was a personal trainer and obviously that was just horrible (laughs) and then in terms of sleep later down the track I noticed as I was healing from adrenal fatigue I went through a different phase where I had heaps of energy between sort of 6 p.m., 9 p.m., when I say heat, it's not normal person's heat, it's Katie heat, and uh, it was just more than I was used to, and I didn't feel like sleeping, and I wouldn't get to sleep till sort of midnight or 1 a.m., which is more commonly how it does manifest for people with adrenal fatigue, so it was interesting as I moved through the phases of recovery, I went through that, but I don't remember going through that in the early days. So what did you do about your training when you were feeling like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was well interrupted uh, last year, so 2014. It was quite a battle. I certainly didn't listen to the warning signs early on. So before 2014, I continued to push through my training even 
in the presence of adrenal fatigue. It wasn't officially diagnosed or anything, but had I had any sense about me, I would have slowed down at the time. So I pushed through for quite a while, and then December 2013, I had my first DNF, which is a did not finish. After 40-odd triathlons, that was a really big deal for me and took a bit of a hit to my ego, and Mm. I just felt this immense heaviness in my legs, and that's obviously a really common thing as an athlete, or especially an endurance athlete, to have heavy legs, but this was a whole another world of pain. I just felt like I couldn't move them once I got off the bike and the bike itself didn't go very well. I just couldn't push any effort or power. It was like I became unfit overnight. And so lots of tears and tantrums after that race thinking, what am I going to do? And I pulled out of any races upcoming and really focused on getting better. And what that meant was two weeks off completely from exercise and then building it back in and it was definitely trial and error we generally I find with my athletes and myself we think we can do more than we can so we think oh yeah going for a cruisy 45 minute jog I've done that thousands of times that's not a big deal but when you're recovering from adrenal fatigue that is a big deal and I needed to do a lot less than I was doing to get back into it and as a result, I've now learnt and developed a really good adrenal recovery program for athletes that are going through the same thing. So how did you start to investigate? Did you have tests and things? Yeah, so I found a holistic general practitioner, which I didn't even know existed, and um, to a biomedical doctor as well on the Mornington Peninsula, and they were were a godsend. I had to stay on a waiting list for three months and it was certainly expensive at a time when I didn't have extra money to throw around, but it was absolutely worth it because they were the first people to send me off for cortisol saliva testing. And as a coach, it's now something that I make compulsory for all my athletes when they're getting into endurance. I think it's a a test that should be done as a standard by most GPs and unfortunately it's not. I think it does underlie a lot of of health issues. So how does that testing work? It's uh, salivary testing over 24 hours and you fill up four vials throughout the day. So for example, the first one might be 8am, then you've got the next at 12, then 4, then 8pm. And the results you get back are a profile of your cortisol levels throughout the day, with cortisol being your stress response. So it's something that you'd revisit a few months later? Yeah, it depends on the person and how those first results come back. For example, we didn't retest mine until eight months down the track because the results came back as completely depleted, nothing left in my body, cortisol was as low, as low, as low as you could get. So they knew it wasn't going to improve dramatically very quickly. However, uh, if someone has a cortisol test result that indicates they're perhaps at the beginnings of adrenal fatigue and there is a little bit of cortisol functioning but it's not uh, happening at the right times of day, I would rec- I generally say every 12 weeks can be really useful. I mean, yeah, 12 weeks. How do you even begin to heal when your levels are that depleted? Rest is one thing, but I guess as a driven business owner and a driven athlete, that's really difficult. So supporting exercise, not training, with supplementation was key. So herbs such as rhodiola, withania and licorice were really helpful that I worked with my naturopath on. And then there were tools like meditation and 
meditation, I could not grasp how something so simple was going to be the major catalyst to healing me. And it did. And once I got that buy-in and really saw the results, so that was key. The herbs, the meditation, the backing off training. And when I did train or exercise, utilizing a principle by a guy named Phil Maffetone, it's called the MAF method. So it's low heart rate training. And that enabled me to train at a level that didn't adrenally fatigue me and I could then go on with my day and not be what I call put on my ass for three days. So you were still able to train? Yeah, definitely. There's certainly ways around it. It needs to be well managed and you need to be very intuitive as an athlete or someone exercising and not ignore the warning signs like I did for so many years. So I was very good at that. And I think you have to trust yourself immensely to do that. So I do recommend having a coach or a trainer or someone to oversee it so they can, you know, look at your heart rate, look at your symptoms and lifestyle factors and be a bit more objective over what's going on because I think coaching myself and managing myself, it was difficult. So did you start to feel better as you were implementing all of these changes? Yeah, I did. It certainly didn't happen as quickly as I would like because I'm, I guess, like that as a person. You know, I put high expectations on myself and that was one of the things I needed to learn not to do through this process as well. So let's, I got the cortisol test of March 2014. I felt that I saw the true Katie, the energetic Katie, come around September, October of that year. It was, it was huge relief because I was training for an Ironman and that was a big decision earlier in the year as to whether I should even continue the pursuit of it. I already had my entry and they're a little bit expensive. So it was a big decision whether to do it or not to do it. And we decided to go ahead with the AOK from doctors and my team. And it was like, well, so long as none of your parameters get worse, so bloods and the cortisol testing will uh, agree to let you continue and so my adrenal recovery certainly took longer because I was training for an Ironman at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's just incredible. Wow. Um, but the great thing is that I did feel my best probably six to eight weeks out from the race which is when most people would feel their worst so it's like all the work I had done in the lead up to that was really paying off right at the key time. So with the low heart rate training, is that something that you'll, you'll continue to do? Yes, absolutely. I think whether someone has adrenal fatigue or not, it's an imperative part of a program and it will prevent someone going into that adrenal hole, as I call it. And I like to work on an 80-20 rule. So 80% of the week will be low heart rate high volume training for an endurance athlete and then the 20 percent is your high intensity like speed intervals yeah so i've read a lot lot about adrenal fatigue making it hard for people to lose excess weight is that something that you can see some truth in Mm -hmm. absolutely i see it with my athletes i've seen it with myself and in the past i now recognize that that's why a lot of my personal training clients struggled to lose weight so personally my experience has been that as a personal trainer, I was always really conscious that I wasn't super ripped and I could never understand why my programs worked really well for my clients. Whereas if I did it, I didn't really get any change or I'd put on weight. And this was back in the days of, you know, restricting calories was the way to do it. And I never yeah. understood why I didn't get results. And through this process of a 
adrenal recovery, I've come to learn that the depletion in cortisol or too high cortisol, basically an imbalance, has been the cause of not being able to lose weight and and or that pulling of weight around the belly button and the love handle. And what happened for me was as I reduced my training by a good 50%, so I'm going from about 15 hours a week down to five or seven hours a week, I lost weight. Wow. <laughs> um, so the less I did, the better. And over the 12 months of training for Ironman and, a, and repairing my adrenals, I definitely got down to the lowest body fat have in my life so mm-hmm. I think probably since I was you know 12 or 13 years old so that felt really nice and gave me a little yeah. bit of hope and I was all that social proof I needed and I see in athletes as well and I think that's why you know when we go on holidays people lose weight and I don't really understand why it's because we're not stressed yeah that's true so it really goes against a lot of the kind of conventional advice doesn't it that you've just got to work out harder and eat less and less and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's a hard thing for people to get wrapped their head around and it's probably the hardest thing for me to get athletes to be compliant with. So slowing down or doing less or doing their meditation, they can't compute that. It's like same as the food pyramid and the ca- cutting calories. We've been indoctrinated for so long about a certain way and people think you have to go hard and you have to go fast to get faster and that's not the truth. And what about gut health? Has that been something that you've had to consider as well? Yep, certainly. I don't think I would have got better without focusing on my gut health. I've always had intolerances. And as I got older, I guess they got worse or there'd be more. And again, I didn't understand why. I wasn't necessarily unhealthy. Sure, I probably had too much alcohol as an 18 or 20-year-old, binge drinking on the weekend. But day to day, I wasn't terrible. And what I've learned from repairing my gut health is it is the key to vitality. It's the key to mood. I know that if I have something that's not conducive to my gut health, I will feel it either through feeling a bit low and depressed or low in energy and a bit of apathy. And that's been fantastic for me to learn because it gives me that buy-in to why I'm doing something. For example, I, I find if people have provided a, a meal plan or a directive with nutrition and it's a, around aesthetics or body composition, it can be really hard to keep the motivation there when it's that external motivation of looking good. And I find if people tap into, well, how is this food going to make me feel and what's the ongoing effect it can be another motivational tool to stay on the straight and narrow with nutrition. So I often think, okay, how is this food going to impact my gut? Because I know that my gut is going to then impact my mood, my immunity and my ability to train and function at work. And all those things make me happy. And I think that's a really great driver as opposed to, oh, that might go to my love handles. Oh, well, I'll eat it anyway. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. And what about the foods that you actually crave? Has that changed as well? They definitely fluctuate again throughout the adrenal recovery process, but also hormonally throughout the menstrual cycle, they definitely change. I think when I was flat out adrenally fatigued a year and a half ago, it was just constant sugar, carbohydrate, 
cravings and part of my adrenal recovery was becoming a fat adapted athlete and I think anyone you don't have to be an athlete to become fat adapted utilizing that high fat moderate protein low carbohydrate model is sensational from for energy uh, and to help adrenal recovery as well and I would say that as a result I definitely don't crave sugar nearly as much and if I do I find it's PMS week and I just need a bit of magnesium to stay on top of it and I certainly don't require carbohydrates you know while training like I can get through a six-hour ride on cashew butter for example whereas before it might have been heavily geared towards sports products that are high in sugary carbohydrates. That's so good you were able to do that. Yeah, it does blow people's minds. I mean, yeah. I did my Ironman, I didn't eat breakfast and that people cannot comprehend that. You're going into a, well, for me, it was going to be between 11 and 13 hour event. Wow. And I didn't eat breakfast. <laughs> like, how is that possible? I had obviously trained my body to do that over the months uh, leading up to it. And then it was a, a scientific approach. And then I started fueling throughout the day with cashew butter or I made like some paleo muffins that were savoury just to mix up the sweetness. I had water, um, lemon and Himalayan salt, so I kept it really natural. And then the carbohydrates that I had were from raspberries and a a rice malt syrup mix. So so none of those gels that you see so many athletes with? Mm, Absolutely no need for it. And the other thing is, um, so traditional sports nutrition guidelines say around 90 grams per hour or one to two grams per kilo of body weight so it's just too it's too high it's too much for the gut to absorb and it obviously leads to uh, mishaps on the course I'll call it and uh, (laughs) becoming a fat adapted athlete you're more looking at being able to sustain your performance using sort of 30 to 40 grams per hour now I wouldn't suggest anyone just drop straight down to that it is a process work with a a professional on that so with being fat adapted and not having to have so many carbohydrates you lessen the pressure on your gut and so you're less likely to run into gut troubles and mishaps on the course people must just be so shocked to to see you eating like that yeah yeah it's it's hard to comprehend especially with you know sports marketing that's out there in traditional ways so you mentioned um, hormones a bit there is that quite important in how you approach your training? Do you do you consider your hormones? Yeah, in a big way. It's revolutionised the way I train. I really found, as a result of the adrenal fatigue, it messed up my hormones. There was a hormone imbalance there. Who knows which one affected which? And as a result, PMS was a, an awful time and often led to poor training results, not training at all, really inconsistent And I found that if I just respected the natural processes of my hormones and predicted that that week wasn't going to be optimal and used it for recovery, I was able to be more consistent. So I've done a lot more research into that now. I'm writing an ebook that will be released in April on this exact philosophy of harnessing hormones for athletic potential and just I guess taking women back to sex ed and understanding the process of ovulation and what happens throughout a menstrual cycle with hormone fluctuations that can be, I guess, utilised as an opportunity to perform better at certain times of the month and utilise that time for key sessions when you want to get the best out of your body. And then when the hormones aren't optimal, that's when we program recovery uh, for adaptation. And I find that 
you create a environment for consistency and any athlete will tell you or any coach will tell you that it's not how hard you go it's not how fast you go it's not how many hours you do the best athletes are consistent athletes so it's creating the right environment for that well, it just makes so much sense. It's it's incredible that you don't hear more about training like that. Mm, it's certainly coming out. There's a little bit more research. There's more people talking about it. It is a little bit of a taboo subject. People don't like the word periods and ovulation and mucus. So um, yeah. it's up to people like ourselves to get that information out there and make it a bit more of a common conversation. And uh, it's definitely one of my passions to increase, I guess, coaches' knowledge in this area because a large portion of endurance coaches are male and that's where the responsibility Mm. lies if they're comfortable talking about it then that's going to change a lot of uh, females experience in endurance so what advice would you give to somebody who suspects that they might be suffering from adrenal fatigue create a really good team uh, or entourage around you and that might be made off up of say a holistic gp a naturopath a meditation coach or yoga studio Looking at all the aspects of health that need to be addressed, it's not just as simple as take some supplements. It's not as simple as just stopping and slowing down. You, There are so many areas we need to address from lowering cortisol with reducing coffee or meditating, getting the nutrition right, so lessening the influence of carbohydrates and sugar. So that's a lot to take on. For one person and that's where practitioners and building a team are really important and if you're on a budget it's just like well pick one key person that's going to have the most influence and then you utilize all those sort of online tools like this you know podcast that you can get education from and and work it out yourself but you do need at least one key person that's going to manage you know ordering the pathology results and and nutrition as well and lastly where can we find you online the usual ways, Facebook is a great way to find me. I'm listed as Holistic Endurance Tri Coaching. I'm also avid user of Instagram, which is Katie underscore Holistic Endurance. And my website is holisticendurance.com.au. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much Thanks, for your time. Please. You've been listening to the Unconventional Weight Loss Podcast with your host, Suze Crort. For more interviews and resources, check out www.unconventionalweightloss.com.